Hi everyone, my name is Sofia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there everybody and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that, I forgot what we were doing here for a second. Um, I am your host as always, Charles Hammaker. Uh, what the heck happened? Oh, yeah, I'm hoping this uh, recording doesn't get cut off in the middle of this because um, my computer wants to install Windows 11 and then did not tell me if it was going to or not. So that's fun. So uh, with that being said, I know that last week I talked about it being a relatively shorter week, uh, a quieter week, things less things taking place. Uh, with that being said, uh, things things uh, turned on their heel, got a heel turn here. Um with our with our Seattle sports news, a lot going on. Um, to be exact, we have twenty nine pages of my uh, notes here. Is how long things run. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have like a two hour episode, but there's a good amount going on. So, with that being said, we will jump right into our Seattle Seahawks uh, news here. Continuing their off season, uh, mostly some coaching stuff, but we do have some things about our favorite receiver that wears the number fourteen. Um, we'll start right into the injury news on the 15th of this month. Uh, DK Metcalf had a minor foot surgery. The wideout recently had a screw in his foot removed after he was bothered by an injury all season. Uh, it is only considered to be a minor setback. Um, so I wouldn't really qualify that as anything necessarily to worry about. Um, there isn't actually a diagnosis of what the injury actually is like, what the um like an actual name or diagnosis of the injury but uh, it just seems that it was a cleanup of an injury that dk was uh, playing through the uh, throughout the year um and that it, it uh, the hope with that screw being taken out is that uh, dk is going to be on the healthy track and not have to worry about that um as we continue the off season here uh, heading in team notes on the 15th of the month, uh, staying on the 15th of the month, the Seahawks announced their 2022 coaching staff. Uh, so we will go up and down the list here, starting with Pete Carroll, filling the executive vice president role, as well as the head coach role, obviously. Uh, Clint Hurt being promoted from the defensive line coach to the defensive coordinator. Larry H to the Izzo uh, is it's a reference. Larry Izzo, uh, the special teams coordinator. Uh, Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, the quarterback's coach, Nate Carroll, the senior offensive assistant, Aaron Curry, the assistant defensive line slash defensive end coach, former player, Sean Desai, associate head coach of the defense, uh, Andy Dickerson, the offensive line coach, John Glenn, the linebackers coach, Brad Idzik, the uh, assistant wide receiver coach, Kerry Joseph, the assistant quarterback's coach, Kelly Kikua, uh, assistant offensive line coach Sanjay Lal, the offensive passing game coordinator slash wide receivers coach uh, Damian Lewis, uh, not to be confused with Damian Lewis, uh, the assistant defensive line slash defensive tackle coach um, Pat McPherson, tight ends coach uh, Chad Morton, run game coordinator and running backs coach uh, Carl Scott, the defensive passing game coordinator. Uh, and uh, defensive backs coach, Deshaun Shedd, former player, assistant defensive backs coach, 
Carl Smith, associate head coach, Tracy Smith, assistant for the special teams, and Will Tukwafu, former player, uh, quality control of the defense. So uh, there is your 2022 coaching staff. Uh, an interesting group um, with the news that I'm sure we'll get to in league notes. Uh, give me one sec. With the news we'll touch on in league notes, I would have liked to add a certain uh, name to the defensive side of the ball, considering uh, where that coach was hired and in what position. Um, But I don't know. It's uh, I'm a little bit optimistic about this group, but I'm not feeling like, hey, this is a group that I know will be able to elevate our personnel, our talent that we've got currently. Um you know, to a level that we did not see uh, recently. It seems like we've got some, some position groups, not position groups. We've got some coaches that um, are younger and seem to be uh, on the right trajectory. And we've, excuse me, got some positions where it's a little bit of a question mark. Um, So uh, with that being said, it's, it's an interesting group, but overall I don't have, um, a clear decision on how I feel about the 2022 coaching staff. It'll be, they've, they've got, I mean, w- with how important this offseason is, they, they've got some, some expectations to uh, reach and some goals to accomplish just considering how important this offseason is, uh, you know, with, with the, aging uh well not just the aging of russell wilson with the uncertainty of russell wilson and how uh, much the rumor mill how, how much of that smoke is really from an actual fire um as well as you know your time with uh, bobby wagner and a pete carroll is winding down um on the 17th of the month defensive coordinator clint hurt uh held a press conference uh, touched on some important notes here and insisted that his defense will be more aggressive and that we will not see defensive linemen dropping into coverage on Pete Carroll's involvement hurt uh, made it clear that Carroll is willing and able to adapt and adjust. And that was one of the first things that the two discussed when hurt joined the coaching staff in 2017 uh, a quote from hurt. He's given me full autonomy referring to Carroll. Obviously, when you're a coordinator and you have a head coach, you have somebody you have to answer to when there's things that come up. That's part of it, and that's no issue for me. And I also want to lean on him for his expertise. He spoke on the impact of Sean Desai's hiring, saying, I love the fact that he had his year of being a play caller this past season in Chicago. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to get that opportunity again in the NFL and deservedly so, Hurt said. But he's somebody I consider a blessing that I can lean on him. He's been through it already for a year, what I'm getting ready to go through now. He mentioned that he eventually wants to be a head coach uh, and mentioned wanting two key guys back on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Quandre Diggs and DJ Reed, us having the opportunity to get those guys back will obviously be vital to our success because I think the world of those guys, he would say. So some some cool and uh, some good things to hear from Hurt there. Uh, the funniest being that we won't see any defensive linemen in coverage this year. Um, but uh, interesting for him to talk about the uh, the uh, topic, the topic, the idea that the that Pete Carroll, um, you know, it's Pete's defense kind of said, hey, this is my defense and made it known. Uh, and, and speaking about being more aggressive, 
Um, on the 18th, the Seahawks were reportedly planning on adding two new video boards, the northern side of Lumen Field, uh, flanking the east and west side of the current current video board above the Hawks Nest. The hope is to have them both installed by next season. Uh, and then also on the 18th, DK Metcalf is set to train for the 2024 Summer Olympics. The star wideout is planning to train for the Olympic Games in that year when he is healthy, stating that it is going to happen. So uh, interesting to see that there from DK, whether that will affect his play on the field or not, I highly doubt. Um, but it is cool to see that sort of thing. Obviously, there's a lot of speed in the NFL um, and to see that at a at an olympic level would be really cool uh how well he will do that is you know up to you know whatever circumstances dk is able to get into and how effective his training is going to be able to be um so that'll be something to monitor but obviously that is two years away so um i'm not really keeping my eye on that at the moment as something that you know we we should really uh have any real concern for um, heading over to league notes here uh, on the 13th, it was announced that 112.3 million people watched Super Bowl 56. NBC said that the Rams versus Bengals game uh, was the most watched TV show in five years. Uh, Joe Burrow reportedly suffered a MCL sprain in Super Bowl 56. He will not need knee surgery. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys, uh, had cheerleader allegations. The Cowboys paid $2.4 million in a settlement after four cheerleaders accused the team executive of voyeurism during a 2015 event. Um, on the 15th, Derek Carr will likely get, uh, reportedly, is uh, likely to get $40 million per year from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders quarterback's extension would likely fall in the $40 million per season range. Uh, on the 15th as well, Minnesota and the Rams Minnesota and Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Donnell O'Connell, pardon me, uh, finalized a deal to become their new head coach on the 16th. The Rams reportedly may need uh, to make a big payday uh, for the superstar defensive tackle to stay uh, with the Rams. Aaron Donald uh, might need to become the NFL's highest paid defensive player in order to return amidst retirement rumors. Uh, on the 16th, it, made a, it was made official by the Vikings that they were going to hire Kevin O'Connell for their offensive coaching job, fin, uh, finalizing the last open head coaching job in the NFL. Um, at the Super Bowl parade for the Rams, Sean McVay told Aaron Donald to run it back. So that might be some indication about where those two amidst their retirement rumors may be sitting. Uh, players and representatives were reportedly concerned about changes to the NFL combine schedule. Players will have to do measurements. Uh, bench press and on-field workouts all in the same day. According to a league source, the change in schedule was based largely on feedback from prospects in previous years. Uh, belief is that this new schedule will lead to many players skipping their bench press in favor of on-field work. Uh, and the biggest concern was that players will be in a bubble-like atmosphere. On the 17th, a video went viral of Rams camerawoman Kelly Smiley falling off of a stage while taking photos of Matthew and Kelly Stafford uh, in the video. Matthew turns around immediately after Smiley falls off of the stage and walks away while Kelly appears to help. The photographer suffered a fractured spine and broke her camera equipment. The team, along with Matthew and Kelly Stafford, would cover her medical expenses. But Twitter, as Twitter does, would dig up her old tweets where 
uh, Smiley showed several, several instances of racism, including the N-word, uh, the F-A word, uh, in re reference to a homophobic slur of against, of, well, there it is, homophobic slur, um, racism against Asian people, racism against Mexican people. Uh, so, yeah, she's, uh, she's a real case. Um, also on the 17th, Jim Harbaugh's new deal with Michigan is reportedly NFL friendly. Harbaugh's low buyout in his new contract leaves the door open for a potential NFL return. Uh, Aaron Donald also spoke on the uh, possibility of returning to L.A., stating that the team needs to sign OBJ and Von Miller to come back, saying the Rams need to bring everybody back. On the 18th, Patrick Mahomes reportedly had a sit-down with his brother and fiancé and asked them to not attend any games this upcoming season. He has stated that they uh, have become too much of a distraction or bad for his brand. Now, this isn't, hadn't been confirmed, but this is a strong report that we got. Um, also on the 18th, Roger Goodell negotiating a new deal. The NFL commissioner is likely to receive a new contract extension in the coming months. And the NFL reportedly will not investigate the Cowboys. The league will not open an investigation into the $2.4 million settlement between the team and cheerleaders around alleged voyeurism. Excuse me. On the 19th, the Pittsburgh Steelers hired Brian Flores as a senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. If they're not obvious, that is who I would have liked Seattle to add in any capacity um, in the coaching staff. Um, I think it's a mistake that they didn't. I don't know if an offer was ever made to Flores, but to have that kind of experience, to have that kind of defensive mind on your roster would have been incredibly helpful. And the fact that Seattle did not do that, I, I am interested to see if Flores, one, was ever offered anything from Seattle, two, if he was ever interested. So that is that. On the 20th, uh, Bruce Arians denies any rift with Tom Brady. The Buccaneers head coach addressed rumors he had that he had poor uh, a poor relationship with Tom Brady, simply saying such bullshit. Um, NFL prospects may buy. So more boycott news on the NFL scouting combine. 155 players were reportedly prepared to announce a formal boycott of the NFL scouting combine due to its bubble protocols. A boycott was being organized of testing workouts and interviews. Uh, also on the 20th, Sean McVay could reportedly be offered a $15 million TV deal. The Rams head coach could be offered more than $15 million per year for an NFL broadcasting gig. Uh, on the 21st of the month, the NFL is officially partnering with the XFL. The XFL agreed to give the NFL a Petri dish to experiment with proposed rules, develop officials, and more. Uh, so that's really big news uh, and more than likely gives us positive uh, inclinations about the XFL's uh, third stint this time around. Um, just because it kind of says, hey, we're going to you know, give you some money so you can try some things out for us. Um, it was made clear by one of the owners uh, of the XFL, Danny Garcia, that the XFL will not be like a development league for the NFL, which, you know, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't at least try that. They've they've made it really clear that, hey, we're going to play pro football in the spring and it's going to be high level pro football. Um, hey, you know, you've got the NFL's backing at this point, so I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my nose at that um 
So three more things on the 21st. Tom Brady was reportedly frustrated with the Buccaneers organization. There were things about the Buccaneers program that frustrated Brady before he announced his retirement. Uh, agents don't want to boycott representatives of the NHL prospects and NFL NFL prospects to hold off on workouts until pro days. If combines, Oh, and representatives were advising NFL prospects to hold off on workouts until pro days. If combine bubble protocols remain and the NFL would walk back on its combine rules after backlash and a planned boycott due to COVID-19 restrictions, the NFL has decided to ease up on requirements for the upcoming combine. So, Kind of funny how that all took place within the span of a week, um, but it, that is over now. So with that being said, the Seahawks will continue their offseason. Uh, we now sort of pivot towards uh, free agency and eventually the draft. Um, moving over to our Seattle Mariners here. Uh, we do have some sorts of free agent news. Uh, once the lockout ends, the Mariners are expected to pursue two types of players a right-handed power bat and a left-handed uh, hitting multi-dimensional outfielder. The both two players that fit those molds perfectly are Chris Bryant and Michael Conforto. Conforto is actually from Seattle. Um, if I am correct here, he played in Redmond. Give me one second to double check that. Uh, yes, he was born March 1st, 1993 in Seattle. Um, I tried to click Michael Conforto and it gave me Seattle's Wikipedia. Um, represented the Northwest region. Oh, he represented the Northwest region in the Little League World Series. Yes, he attended Redmond High School. Um, wow, he was a shortstop on the baseball team and quarterback and safety on the football team. Uh, he would eventually go to Oregon State, which, you know. Would be nice if he said it, you dub. Uh, yes, but that is a little cool. Oh, his mother is a three-time Olympic medalist in synchronized swimming. Uh, his father played inside linebacker at Penn State, and his sister played soccer at Azusa Pacific University. Nice. Anyway, uh, so Michael Conforto and Chris Bryant. I mean, this is news that we've already known for several months you know this was taking place during mlb free agency um it's so it's i mean this is just kind of like oh hey by the way the manager's looking for these guys still so that's not necessarily new but it's something while the lockout is taking place speaking of the lockout in our lockout tracker on february 17th uh there was a meeting between the two sides that day on the 17th it only lasted 15 minutes Uh, That day, the MLB would inform the players union that a new collective bargaining agreement must be agreed upon by February 28th to start the 2022 regular season on time. If you are not able to know, uh, February 28th is next Monday. So we will see how that goes. On the 18th, uh, spring training games were canceled through March 5th. Uh, Both sides will meet again Monday. Uh, all reportedly throughout the week in an attempt to ramp up urgency and the MLB Players Association made a statement about the league pushing back spring training. Quote, MLB announced today that it must postpone the start of spring training games. This is false. Nothing requires the league to delay the start of spring training, much like nothing required the league's decision to implement the lockout in the first place. Despite these decisions by the league, players remain committed to the negotiating process. Um, Oh, oops. Oh, I see what I did here. Sorry. I 
put the rest of the lockout tracker in the league notes. That is a mistake. Um, we'll continue the lockout tracker here. Uh, on the 21st, which is Monday, today, the night this is getting recorded, uh, the MLB and the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, had a meeting uh, from about 2 a.m. to around 3 p.m. This morning, uh, so and did not, no, no, neither uh, group left the building during that time. Uh, it was a long meeting. Um, what the heck? Long meeting. Uh, the league made minor tweaks to their proposal. There is still a very large gap in the pre arbitration bonus pool, but I can say that this is the most progress that has been made since this lockout began. Um, also in league news, uh, Juan Soto reportedly rejected a mega deal from the Nationals. Before the lockout, the superstar outfielder was offered a 13-year, $350 million deal, but declined and decided to wait for free agency. Uh, Soto is reportedly looking for an MLB high salary in the range of $500 million total contract value. Eric Kay was found guilty in the uh, Tyler Skaggs death. Uh, the jury finds the ex-Angel staffer uh, guilty of distributing fentanyl that led to the death, the death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Uh, also involved in that case, former pitcher Matt Harvey could face a suspension for his involvement. Uh, the free agent could be subject to at least a 60-game ban from Major League Baseball after testifying to providing drugs in the Skaggs case. Um, with that being said, we are still in the lockout, but um, it sounds like by the time we talk to you next week, we may have something uh, in regards to finishing up the lockout, but you know, with uh, how disappointed I've been, um, I wouldn't necessarily completely bet on it. Um, this is your time to check out Hom Seattle. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. Hom Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Uh, our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. That is Hom Seattle. Homs. Uh, has a vintage Sonic hoodie out that was released during the uh, news special that aired on Homs. Uh, I don't remember what day it was. Give me one second and I will be sure to check it here. But in terms of what sizes are still available of that vintage Sonic hoodie, uh, every size except for small is still available. Uh, when I get paid here, I'm going to try to get that medium. Uh, King 5 Evening. Um, the... I believe so. Nope, that's old. Shoot, 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 shoot. Well, regardless of that, uh, Homs was on the news, so that was really cool to see Race and Miles talk about Homs and how that's grown. Um, so that is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. Homsiel, go and check out the Vintage Sonics hoodie. Uh, that is new product. Go and check that out before it sells out, just like the small sizes have. Um, as we move over to our Seattle Sounders here, things are really ramping up for our Sounders. Um, as we look over here, we, we've got a, a game recap, not necessarily a satisfying one. On February 17th, the team traveled down to Motagua uh, to play leg one of their reg, uh, reg, round of 16 matchup in the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, it would be a 0-0 draw. Not, much too, not too much going on in this game. 
uh, it was relatively uneventful. Um, I mean, it sets up a winner take all in the second leg here in Seattle. Um, but I mean, both teams had some quality chances uh, over quantity of chances, but neither obviously would go in. And it was outside of that, it was just relatively, relatively uneventful. Um, so obviously no player of the game for that. Um, we head over to team notes. The team unveiled its new primary kit. It will be titled legacy green. I will put it in the, uh, the photo of this week's podcast. Um, if you want to get a better look at it, go check it out on the, um, uh, CSS on converge episode that, excuse me, that we have, uh, because I show it there, uh, there we have it photos of Jimmy Madranda, um, and Nick, no, Freddie Montero, uh, and Freddie Montero in it. So go and check that out. Um, I would, yeah, I would say for the best chance, go and check out the CSS on Converge episode to uh, see what it looks like there. Um, also, uh, in major team notes, on the 16th, the club unveiled a new training facility in Long Acres, Renton, coming in 2024. Um, so the major notes that we have, the location, Long Acres Renton used to hold a horse race track from 1933 to 1992. That horse racing uh, has since moved to Emerald Downs in Auburn. During the World War II, the field was temporarily loose, loose, used as an artillery barracks. Uh, the land was purchased by Boeing in 1990 and was used as the company's uh, corporate headquarters. Uh, facilities and amenities, a 41,300 square foot renovation across the already 301,000 square foot main building that exists, turning it into a new facility and front office HQ will take place. There will be viewing deck and outdoor patio, uh, both having a viewing access to four training fields uh, with hopes to add a fifth field. Speaking on those fields, there will be 10 acres of land activation that will be used for those four fields. Uh, two natural and two artificial turfs. Um, all of the Seounder, uh, Seounders, <laughs> all of the Sounders' uh, respective brands will be there. The Sounders' first team, the Tacoma Defiance, and the Academy will all be at Long Acres. The facility will also house the team's business, front office, and sports science operations. Uh, the facility is being designed by Generator Studio, the firm that designed the Kraken's training facility. Uh, there will be hints at a rebrand for the club coming on its 50th anniversary. It was noted that the current branding is effectively disconnected from the historic brand and that they hope to integrate the two during their process. Uh, Adrian Hanauer would speak on the rebrand, saying that this will ultimately be our fans deciding the look and feel of our marks going forward. Uh, Hanauer would also state that they are in constant communication with the rain. Uh, they need to see how their future intersects with this project and that there are no, no current plans to have them here. It still very much seems like a possibility though. Um, and smaller notes, there are discussions, uh, well, the discussions for this move started six months ago. Uh, the team is planning to preserve the wetlands that were added after the racetrack closed. Um, the team is also working on improving access to the sounder train from the facility to and from the facility. Uh, there are talks about creating a soccer museum on premises, uh, and there will be a 3000, there will be 3000 multifamily units on the property, uh, including affordable housing. 
So that is, it, it's a big deal to have these things, both the, well, not the new kit as much, uh, obviously more so the training facility, but some big announcements coming for the Sounders here. Um, and it'll be exciting to see when, um, it will be exciting to have the uh, new facility up when it takes place. Uh, but that's, that's going to obviously be a few years. Uh, but until then, it'll be really cool to think about that. Uh, you know, having, um, giving the Sounders their own facility, you know, being able to have one to call their own and not having to worry about sharing it um, with anybody else. Um, so we take a look over here now. Uh, to league notes, uh, Neymar is reportedly interested in playing in the MLS for a season. Uh, Neymar's current deal with uh, Paris, I know, I'm not going to even try, PSG ends in 2025. Uh, he stated that he would love to play in the MLS for at least a year. Um, I want to think about that because I doubt he would come to Seattle. Uh, looking ahead, uh, their next two matches, so there are two matches at home for the Sounders this upcoming week. The first of which is February 24th versus Motagua uh, with a six o'clock start is a CONCACAF Champions League round of 16 leg two game and is a winner go uh, winner uh, loser uh, winner advances game. My apologies stumbled on it there. Uh, and then on the 27th, uh, the team will play Nashville with a five o'clock start. So we will get things going with the Sounders here. We will get underway. It is an exciting time. Uh, because the Sounders are the Sounders are effectively back now. You know, obviously, technically, you could say with the game against Motagua that things had started, but I, I, I count this one more. Um, so that'll really, really be exciting to see, and then fans will be able to see the Legacy Green kit in person. Maybe someone will change their mind about the kit when they see it in person. Who knows? Um, but that is uh, that is our Sounders news for the time being. We move over to our... Um, Seattle Storm here. Not a whole lot going on, um, but there's some things. Uh, in free agency, the team would officially re-sign Sue Bird for her final season. Now, uh, Birdie would sign for the veteran minimum of $72,141. Uh, but I have to note that a report from Holly Rowe during an ESPN's WNBA free agency show stated that Bird told Seattle to sign whoever they could slash needed to and that she would take whatever salary was left. Um, so this has to be, if we're going off of that report, this has to be an indication that Seattle is done signing free agents. Um, and I, I, I say that because there's no way they can trade for anybody with the current uh, assets that they've got. So I'm a little concerned about this, this situation right now because I don't think that you added anybody that would have put you over the hump to beat a team like Chicago who has retained their championship core. A team like maybe Vegas who still has Asia Wilson, you know, a former MVP, let alone the other talent that's on that roster, including one Kelsey Plum, who I would still like to see in a Storm uniform at some point, regardless. Uh, you know, Phoenix, I don't even have to necessarily say Phoenix because you should know that Phoenix is going to be a contender. Um, you know, so I, I am worried. I am worried and I am not necessarily sure. Uh, Bell, my co-host on the CSS on Converge show said it best. I think she said that you're putting a lot of pressure on the big three in Seattle to 
just do it kind of with the supporting cast that you've got at the moment. And I don't, and it's not anything against the big three. It's more so of what the big three is going to have to go through to win that title, to put bird out on top. So that is my concern in that regard. Uh, in terms of league notes, the LA Sparks officially signed Liz Cambage and the Chicago Sky officially signed the finals MVP, Kalia Copper, to keep her in Chicago. Hence why I mentioned keeping Chicago's championship core intact. Um, so, yes, looking ahead, the Storm are still on the offseason. And I wouldn't necessarily say that you can look over uh, to the draft at this point simply because of the fact that. I mean, Seattle traded his first rounder, um, and I don't know what other draft capital that you have to go off of at this current point in time. So, you know, um, that's a little bit concerning. Moving on here to Maestro Athletics, that is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S.com, Maestro Athletics. I know that Maestro is working on uh, their O'Day hat, so... If you've got that, you have to go to the Instagram to get the password to get into the site. So go and check out M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S.com. Moving over to our Seattle Kraken here in their regular season. We continue with our Kraken here, sorry. Um, On the 14th, the team started a four-game stretch for the last week. Uh, the first of which at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Valentine's Day, losing that game 6-2. to Toronto was not a very, uh, didn't show much, holo- uh, much, much uh, Valentine's love there. Uh, player of the game for Seattle in the loss would be uh, centerman Kelly Yarncrock with a goal, an assist, two points, and two shots on goal. Uh, on the 17th, the team would travel to start a three-game road trip in Canada. The first stop uh, on the 17th at the Winnipeg Jets, losing that game 5-3. to um, play of the game would be right winger Jordan Eberle recording a goal and assist two points, four shots on goal and a hit on the 19th at Calgary. The team would lose and Mark Giordano's return to Calgary uh, two to one player of the game. And that one would be centerman Cali Yarncrook with a goal, a point, uh, a one plus minus uh, one shot on goal, one hit and one takeaway. And then on the 21st at the Vancouver Canucks, looking to exact some revenge on a rivalry team, losing that game uh, 5-2, to two, player of the game, uh, centerman Jared McCann with a goal, 1.8 shots on goal, and three hits. So a tough past week for Seattle, now having lost four straight. Um, not exactly fun. Uh, and team-related news, though, on the 17th in that game against Winnipeg, uh, JT Brown and Everett Fitzhugh would make history, becoming the NHL's first all-black broadcast crew on television, that is. Uh, John Forsland was tapped to broadcast the Golden Knights against uh, Colorado Avalanche game uh, the day before. So uh, Everett Fitzhugh, normally the radio play-by-play man, the NHL's first black radio play-by-play man, uh, would be tapped to fill in for Forceland uh, to do play-by-play duties, joining JT Brown. So that was really cool to see that. I have uh, had my own experiences uh, with Mr. Fitzhugh, and he's been a nice guy to me when I've been speaking to him. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, I, from what I can tell, it, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, 
with that being said, uh, the Kraken now sit at 16 wins, uh, 32 losses, and four overtime losses, resulting in our re- uh, resulting in 36 points. Uh, the division standing is still eighth in the Pacific Division. Uh, looking ahead, the team will travel to play. Will come back home for a two-game stretch. Uh, the first of which being February 22nd versus the New York Islanders at seven o'clock. Uh, then February 24th versus the Boston Bruins at seven o'clock, and then February 27th at the San Jose Sharks at seven o'clock. So a relatively busy stretch there. Uh, for Seattle, playing those two games back at home, though, hoping to, uh, I guess, get some things uh, back situated with those home games. Uh, the OL Reign, as we shift over here, uh, had some a relatively busy week as well. On the 15th, seven Reign players were called up for the February FIFA window, three of those being for Team USA. Those USA representatives would be Alana Cook, Sofia Huerta, and Rose Lavelle. Quinn would come out to play for Canada. Jose... Wow, I am sorry. Jess Fishlock would come out to play for Wales. Jimena Lopez would go out to Mexico, um, go out to Mexico, would go out to play for the Mexican national team. And Angelina would travel out to play with the Brazil national team. On the 16th, the rain would name Nick Pereira as the new general manager of the club. Uh, Pereira previously represented the Tacoma Stars, uh, is captain of the U.S. beach soccer national team playing in five CONCACAF championships and three FIFA Beach Soccer World Cups, uh, is an elected member of the U.S. Soccer Athlete Council and previously served as the executive director uh, at Washington Youth Soccer. It's an interesting move to see. Um, just because, you know... Um, I, I would have liked to see somebody with general manager experience in that seat, um, you know, similar to how I've talked about, you know, wanting proven guys on the Seahawks staff. Uh, but, you know, obviously the reign have gone a different direction than that in the regard of uh, adding, adding Pereira. So we will, uh, we will ultimately see how that move works out. But at this current point, I am, uh, little disappointed you know it's it's kind of something uh, in these women's sports when all you do is seeing just these standard white men being hired who don't always necessarily have the uh have the qualifications to take on these roles um so it'll be uh it'll be really interesting to see how Pereira does and the sorts of moves that he makes uh, for the rain. Uh, and then on the 21st, perhaps the most important news of all on the, the club would sign right back. Sophia Huerta to a three-year contract extension, uh, keeping her with the rain through the 2024 season. Um, rain, oof, sorry. Uh, Huerta would have, a uh, standout 2021 season after a mid-season transition to right back from her prior position as a forward. She was named to the NWSL second 11, where to played the most minutes of any rain player in the season, clocking over 2000 minutes across all competitions. The defender would add one goal and an impressive six assists and has been uh, pretty marvelous in her national team call-ups as of late in the most recent windows. Uh, most notably with some beautiful crosses and the team's uh, win against New Zealand over the weekend. Um, 
in league related news, as I kind of mentioned with, you know, uh, these women's soccer teams hiring pretty standard white men, uh, the Chicago Red Stars would hire longtime college coach Chris Petrusilli as their new head coach. He has previously coached with Old Dominion, Notre Dame, Texas Longhorns, the USU 21 team, the SMU Mustangs, and the USU 18 team. So obviously there is some uh, experience there, some different coaching positions here and there. Um, so that one, uh, you know, there are some qualifications there. I'm not too mad about. Um, so that one, that one, not as much. Um, and then Angel City FC would add Gabrielle Union and her daughter, Kaya as new members of their ownership group. That ownership group includes names such as Christina Aguilera, Natalie Portman, Jennifer Garner, Eva Longoria, Mia Hamm, and Serena Williams. So pretty uh, Angel City has some pretty good backing. Uh, <laughs> it would be it would be nice to see some bigger names involved in the Reigns backing. Uh, oh wait, but Leon has that stake. That's right. Um, I guess then just to see some of the the bigger names in the city just tune out tune up turn up to the games i'm I'm sure we will see some of that this upcoming season but you know at least to see that even in the off season would be good as well looking ahead uh the team still has a bit out till uh till challenge cup uh which starts march 18th versus the portland thorns with a seven o'clock start uh it is the challenge cup opener and the lumen field opener heading over to our seattle seawolves here continuing their regular season uh, on February 20th at the San Diego Legion, a rematch of the 2019 MLR championship game that Seattle would win and a rivalry game at that. Uh, Seattle would win that game 31 to 21, thanks to some late seawall defense, uh, holding San Diego out from getting some potential points and making um, continuing the Seawolves win streak, pushing the team to a 3-0 and start. Uh, you know, the 2-0 start was obviously, I think, as we mentioned last week, the best start in franchise history. Um, so now, you know, with 3-0 continuing that and just continuing the positive momentum. Uh, Team-related news, on the 15th, the team would sign hooker Mike Brown through the 2022 season. He will play on the team's front row and has already played with Seattle starting in the Hartford game. So Brown gets a contract through the season. And on the 19th, the team would sign Locke Sitofano Funaki through the 2022 season. He is a dynamic forward, making his Major League Rugby debut in 2022 with Seattle. Um so the team record now, obviously, as I mentioned, sits at 3-0, and standing second in the Western Conference, and the team will take on uh, the group that is first in the Western Conference, the Austin Gilgronis, uh, February 26th, uh, with a 5 o'clock start. I want to actually, you know what, I want to make sure I'm saying that correctly. Um, Oh, hmm. wow. Uh, Major League Rugby Reddit isn't even sure. 
I need help here. Hmm. Oh, so the team is named is named after a cocktail. Oh my god. Nice. Okay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Not a fan of that. I guess well, now it's just uh. Determining how I say that word, how to pronounce. No, okay. Well, I guess I'll hear it sooner rather than later. But uh, yes, Austin, uh, their rugby team is named after a cocktail, so that's kind of funny. Uh, but yes, that tilt is uh, between the two undefeated teams in the Western Conference, um, and between the number one and number two teams in Major League Rugby's Western Conference. Um, it is just a little bit funny that there is a pro sports team that's named after a cocktail. I'm trying to remember if there's any other instances of that, but for now, at least in my mind, Austin takes the cake, uh, let alone that I think it would be a rugby team that would have had that. Um, but anyways, continuing now, no Sonics news, no Dragons news outside of the fact that the XFL and NFL have teamed up. Um, moving over to our UW Athletics, there is some college football news. Uh, Michigan extended Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the Wolverines signed the head coach to an, a contract extension through the 2026 season. Uh, Arizona State would trash Jaden Daniels' locker after the quarterback entered the transfer portal. Several players went through their quarterback's locker saying, he suck anyways. Uh, and then the college football playoff will stay at four teams until 2026. Uh, despite expansion discussions, there were not able to the committee that was in charge of deciding whether or not there would be expansion was not able to uh, come to a full agreement there. So that kind of sucks. Um, not particularly happy about that. Uh, on the men's basketball side of things, uh, kind of a rough go. Uh, the team would travel to play two ranked opponents in USC and UCLA. Um Ooh, my stomach has given me trouble. My apologies. I have to edit something. Um, so, yes. Uh, February 17th at number 17, USC losing that game 79 to 69. Uh, two players of the game here just because of their performances. Number one would be Terrell Brown Jr. with 23 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Player of the game two would be Emmett Matthews Jr. with 20 points, seven rebounds, excuse me, and three assists. On the 19th of the month, the team would travel to play at UCLA. Number 13 ranked UCLA, losing that game 76 to 50. Player of the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. with 13 points, three, re three assists, and five rebounds. Um, as we move over here to men's college basketball news, Dick Vitale would be released from the hospital. The legendary broadcaster, uh, is officially out of the hospital and resting after undergoing major surgery on his vo vocal cords. So, uh, best recoveries to Dick there. Um, 
it's kind of funny when I do think of men's basketball uh, in college, I think of Dick Vitale. Um, so best wishes to Dick there and uh, a speedy recovery to him. It would be really cool to hear him uh, be able to come out and do some games, especially cons- you know, uh, I mean that, you know, in the near future, uh, once he is recovered and uh, deems himself ready to do that. And the doctors say that he's cleared to do that as well. Um, So the Huskies men's team sits now at a 13 and 11 record. They are six in the pac 12. Now Um, looking ahead, the team will play February 23rd at Washington state with a eight o'clock start time. Yes. Eight o'clock start time in that game. Um, then the team will try, will come back home to play Washington State with a three o'clock start time, uh, and then travel to. We'll stay at home to play UCLA at home on the twenty eighth with another eight o'clock start time. Uh, the women's basketball team uh, would be able to get over their losing streak, but not before uh, playing on the eighteenth versus number six ranked Arizona, uh, losing that game fifty one to forty two. It was a relatively you know, uneventful game for the most part, but the women, uh, women's basketball team would be able to close the gap towards the end. Uh, mm, um, player of the game for that game would be center Nancy Mulkey with 13, re- 13 points, five rebounds and two assists. Uh, and then on the 20th, the team would welcome Arizona state uh, to UW Um and would win that game to snap their 10 game losing streak, uh, winning 74 to 69, uh, player of the game would be Haley Van Dyke with 18 rebounds, seven, seven, 18. Oh, I put rebounds twice, 18 points. My apologies, seven rebounds, one assist and one steal. Um, so good to see the Huskies get on the winning track there. Um, I know that the basketball teams have, had a relatively rough go of things as of recent, um, especially the women's team, but it was really good to see them get that win. It was a gritty win. Uh, Arizona state had 10 point leads um, at certain points, but UW was able to claw back and uh, really play the physical game uh, for the most part held Arizona state to a low three point shooting percentage held uh, Jada Noble, uh, the sun devil's best player to a relatively quiet night. ASU would stay in the game uh, till the very end, uh, but UW, despite how they have played for the most part of the season, losing a lot of leads, um, was able to hold on and win that game and to be there uh, and to talk to my friend Darcy after it was really cool. Um, so now they've got uh, the... Oh, yeah, now they've got... Uh, the uh, Pac-12 tournament. So we'll see how that goes and uh, see if UW's able to sit down and look at themselves and maybe pull off some wins in the tournament. So uh, we will see how that goes. Um, oh, yes. So the record uh, at the end of the season here. Oh, well, no, they have two, uh, two, two away games. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first of which will be February 24th at Cal with a seven o'clock start and the second of which will be at uh, February 26th at Stanford and Stanford's a good team. They are undefeated in conference play. Um, that game is at noon on the 26th. So that is a, uh, that is a big game. Those are two good games, but uh, we will see how uh, the teams will play uh, as the teams honored their seniors 
uh, in that game against Arizona State, Nancy, uh, Nancy Mulkey and Missy Peterson. A great thank you to both of those seniors for all that they have contributed. Missy with the club a lot longer than Nancy, but it was really cool to have uh, Mulkey on the team and uh, to see what she decides to do after her collegiate career. Uh, looking over to baseball, uh, the team had a three-game road trip to Cal Poly, winning the series 2-1. to one. That would start on February 18th at Cal Poly, obviously. Winning that game 6-5, to five. player of the game would be left fielder Preston Viltz, going 2-5 for five with two runs, uh, being left on base once. February 19th at Cal Poly, the team would win 4-3. to three. Player of the game would be uh, designated hitter A.J. Guerrero, going 2-5 for five with two RBIs and being stranded three times. And then on the 20th, to wrap up the series, uh, would lose sadly five to one uh, with a doomed second inning player of the game would be first baseman will simpson going one for three with a run an rbi a walk and being left on base once so the baseball team goes two for one in their first series of the year uh, obviously down there in cal poly they will stay in california uh, to play against uc riverside for a uh, they'll go to uc riverside what? Oh, yeah, for only one game um, on the 22nd of the month uh, with a six o'clock start. Uh, then we'll travel to UC San Diego to play for a four game stretch. Um, the first of which on the 25th is at 630. Um, the 26th uh, will feature a one o'clock start game. And then there will be a game after that whenever uh, is best available to play. And then the final game of the series on the 27th is at one o'clock. So two games on the 26th, a game on the 25th, uh, and then that game against UC Riverside before the San Diego series on the 22nd at six o'clock. Um, so yes, a busy weekend, a, a busy week upcoming for Husky baseball. Um, as we move over to softball, softball, man, the talk of the ICF UW athletics world right now. Uh, playing in the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational, uh, still playing February 18th versus number 18, Tennessee, winning that one 11 to nothing in five innings. Player of the game would be, uh, player of the game number one would be left fielder Sammy Reynolds, uh, going two for three with three runs, three RBIs, and a walk, including a homer. Uh, player of the game two would be third baseman slash second baseman in that game, Bailey Klingler, going two for three with three runs, three RBIs, and a walk, including a homer. February 18th versus uh, number 20 LSU winning that game nine to four player of the game would be left fielder, Sammy Reynolds uh, going three for four with two runs, four RBIs and a double February 19th versus Texas tech uh, winning that game. One, nothing player of the game would be third baseman, Bailey Klingler going one for two with a run an RBI, a walk and a Homer February 19th versus number seven, Oklahoma state winning that game uh, seven to six. Player of the game would be third baseman Bailey Klingler going four for five with two runs and an RBI. And then February 20th versus number 15 Clemson, uh, losing that game zero to two. So the Huskies get their first loss against number 15 Clemson. It is, though, a long season. I was a little upset. I was like, ah, you'll lose that one. It's frustrating, but it is a long season. The softball season is a long season. Player of the game in that one would be first baseman Kelly Lynch going two for three. Uh, so in team related news, uh, one second here. Sorry, I have to 
adjust the schedule now. Just oops. Adjust a couple dates. Uh, in team-related news, catcher slash first baseman Olivia Johnson would be named the Pac-12 Freshman of the Week for her performance uh, with a 700, 700 average, uh, seven hits, three homers, a triple, eight RBIs, a walk. Um, as I continue to move this around, but I am almost done. Oop. Um, and a 1.8 slugging percentage. And then pitcher Gabby Plain would be named the Pac-12 Pitcher of the Week, uh, pitching in three games, going two for two, two and zero, oh, with two complete games, uh, thirteen innings pitched, five hits, uh, zero runs, seventeen Ks, and a zero ERA. So the national ranking at the moment sits at seventh in the country. Uh, the team record is nine and one. They are second in the Pac-12. The upcoming schedule is the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic, starting on the twenty-fifth versus San Diego State at six o'clock. Um, oof, and then February 25th again versus Loyola Marymount at 1130, 1130, 830. Uh, February 26th versus Missouri at 12, uh, and then February 26th versus Northwestern at 230, uh, and then February 27th versus Iowa State with a nine o'clock start. So, as you can tell, softball, uh, the softball schedules can get pretty rough, kind of similar to baseball with their double headers over there as well. No soccer news, no volleyball news, no men's hockey news. But for the women's team, the women's team has a matchup on the 26th versus Boise State starting at 8.15 at the Kraken Community Iceplex. So go out and support them. I know Boise State's a relatively new women's hockey club as well. So you can get to see new women's hockey, women's hockey in general being played at the Kraken Community Iceplex um, at 8.15. So go and check that out, please. I will be there. Um, it'll be a, a busy day because I'll be covering the, uh, the Seawolves game, uh, earlier in the day and then the women's hockey game, but I'm excited to do both. Um, and excited to be there for that. Um, so that is the week, um, in Seattle sports, geez, man, um, relatively busy. Not sure what time we're going to end up with here, but you know, uh, the Seahawks news, the Mariners, some news there. The Sounders, really important. The Storm, uh, a, a, a note there, but some some worry. The Rain, some good news there. The Kraken, suffering but making history. Uh, the Seawolves, continuing their undefeated, um, their undefeated streak. Uh, the men's basketball team struggling. The women's basketball team getting out um, of their losing streak finally. Uh, baseball uh winning their first series of the year uh softball having an incredible start to the season um and then we've got some women's hockey up next week so with that being said i want to thank you guys for your time uh it's been really cool to see the show grow each and every week and uh if you're not following us on social media please do so on instagram it's circling seattle sports on twitter it's circling sports and on facebook you can find us as circling seattle sports please go and keep updated there we post as soon as these things take place as soon as we can um and you'll hear the news a lot quicker than you know me wrapping it up all in a weekly episode so uh, with that being said take care of yourself 
Be well, and we will see you uh, in a week. Baba Bowie.